0: Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. just want to say thank you to everyone who supports anything we do, specifically the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood ownership camp. I got my partner in Crown Core me. Core, what's up, good brother?
1: What's really good? How's everything going, man? Every day above ground is a good day. So let's go get it.
0: Yes, sir. And as you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are putting out positive energy, building businesses, doing things in our community, just putting out positive energy overall. And this brother that we got coming to you is doing, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good work in the community, building businesses. He's an investor as well as a hard money lender. So we got to talk about that as well. Without further ado, man, I want to introduce the brother Rod Stanback. Rod, how are you? I'm doing great, Jimmy. How about yourself? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. nobody listening, man. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no thank you thank you so much for your time man and you know i just want to say we appreciate you uh you know spending some time with us
2: oh likewise i appreciate you guys for having me you know Corey, it's a pleasure to be here as well with you you know so pleasure
0: man pleasure 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 let's let's go get it yeah man so, this is this is about you man we want to tell we want to give you an opportunity to tell your story to our audience um to see what they can learn from it and uh, you know um and just build so tell us about your background where you originally born and raised
2: so born and raised in philadelphia north philadelphia to be exact uh my now, what part of north philadelphia though north philadelphia is big i'm from richard Island. richard Island is my area yeah. okay, Ooh,
1: okay ram squad right.
2: yeah Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's my hood um i then i grew up actually on like 12th and paris you know that yeah 12, 1200 block of paris street but yeah richard Island's is my neighborhood where i grew up and um and uh, that's where that's where everything is from with me yes yeah, okay
0: so what's what uh what what schools did yeah. you go to coming up, and what kind of student were you?
2: So I went to uh, elementary school. I went to uh, William Henry William Henry Harrison right there on and Thompson. So you know, like that's a. Temple Thompson in my neighborhood don't get along right now, you know. But during my days, you know, I still have a lot of homies over there. I got strong relationships over there. So um, I went to elementary school at Henry Harrison. Um, then I went to John Wanamaker. So, you know, John Wanamaker was at Levin for Moore, of a before, But that, that was mm-hmm. uh, knocked down. The, I only went there for ninth grade. Then I transferred to Stata Fleischer. Um, you familiar with Stata Fleischer?
0: I don't know. I'm not familiar. Corey might be familiar. Corey's in the district. I'm not sure, you know.
2: Oh, uh, okay so, so it's basically right across the street from benjamin franklin um, oh yeah okay yeah 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 Just
1: uh like on the back block right there yeah
2: yep yep um they actually shot the six cents there six cents was shot in uh at side flash in middle school um but i graduated from there and then i went to high school at william penn house i went to high school at William Penn. Um, another
1: school that they knocked down yeah
2: they're they're
0: Every
2: yeah. school you go to, man, they what, you, <laughs> what you need, what you need. A group reaper. You know, <laughs> it was only to service you, man. They eliminated my whole legacy, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, Harrison is still there. Harrison is still there, but uh, uh, St. Malachy's, the Catholic School St. Malachy's, they actually bought it. So, you know, it's not even Harrison anymore, but the, the actual structure is still there. Man,
0: that's 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 an interesting tidbit. (laughs) All right. So 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 what was your journey after uh, high school? What was your journey like?
2: so i went to high school um oh i didn't answer one of the questions so my, my grades were fairly fairly good you know throughout school you know i, I was one of those guys that you know i kind of like played both sides of the field you know my whole life you know um not many people could do that successfully but somebody about the strength of god you know um i did you know um so i was hanging with my homies and streets and all that but you know my, my my dad he didn't live with me but he was real uh, strict as far as like education and stuff so you know what much he can do but every time it became poor card time he was he was on my ass you know what i mean so i wanted to make sure that you know they was halfway decent so I, I was a pretty fairly you know good student in school um probably up until high school
0: okay okay got you so so pop pops made sure you had to you know uh keep it to a certain level right
2: yeah absolutely you know he's from the south country guy you know his big thing was education he was always stronger than himself and he wanted to pursue higher education and stuff, but his father didn't allow him. You know, he was a farmer, and that's his mm-hmm. dad wanted him to be a farmer. You know, so he got the hell out of there. That's how he came to Philly, and uh, you know, that's that's how I was born. But um, yeah. But so after that, after high school, though, to answer your question, um, I, I went to millsville University. So fresh out of high school, I went to millsville, um State College up there, close to Lancaster. Um, it's an yeah. Irish country. Um, a bit, my major was business management you know so i went up there i always knew i wanted to be in business i didn't know to what extent but you know i know i wanted to be in business somehow so i chose that as my major um lo and behold you know i went up there the first year you know everything was cool but the second year now it wasn't cool because i wasn't doing what i was supposed to do you know I, <laughs> yeah. it was cool for other reasons right yeah for other reasons you know what i mean it was a cool experience i'll tell you that you know but for not my first grade i didn't do anything I was supposed to do you know um and I hung in there by the, the um threads you know but the second year they had enough they just they cut me and I was mm-hmm. gone you know um and I had some issues up there though but um I got kicked out of school uh came back the block with my homies we were sitting in the same it was crazy because every single year every year we'll be plotting out the next year this that. And then I found myself at the high school, sitting right back in the same spot, talking the same stuff with my homies. I'm like, wait a minute, you know what I mean? Like, this can't be life. I got to do something. Yeah. Um, But I didn't, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, my one of my homies, his his, his cousin had a um, job at Applebee's or whatever. So I needed something, you know what I mean? So he put me, mm-hmm. he got in there. So I was at Applebee's for like three years. And, you know, I was doing some other things, you know, to try to get by at the same time. But um, I look up, you know, like I said, like three years have passed and, you know, um, it was rough. You know, like we had a manager and he was on our ass, you know what I mean? Like he, he was yeah. rough. And it's, 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 a, it's a tough environment anyway. We in the kitchen. It's hot. It's a fast pace. You got all types of attitudes and different emotions coming your way. You know what I mean? So it's a lot that you got to deal with. And if it, I just couldn't stay in that situation. It wasn't for me. So I said, you know, I got to do something. So at the time, you know, this was, um, pre, you know, uh, uh, the great uh, recession and everything mm-hmm. uh, real estate was booming. Now I have always heard about real estate being the way, you know, the way out or the way, you know, to wealth, but I didn't know anybody that actually took it serious as like a business, you know, I knew people who had what property here, property there, but nobody I could really learn from, mm-hmm. um, then I didn't have the money anyway at the time. So, um, I said I wanted to get aligned within the industry somehow. So I went to Delaware County Community College, you know, DCCC, they had a carpentry program. So I went there, got my carpentry certificate, and then I um I found out about this opportunity at Home Depot. Somehow, I, I can't even tell you how I figured, found out about it, but um it was where as though, you know, I had the opportunity to potentially be a subcontractor doing doors and windows for them, you know, specifically doors. Okay. Um, now i had the, the the degree i mean well the certificate but i didn't necessarily have the hands-on skills so um i had to i wouldn't work with this guy they didn't tell me to but i wouldn't work this guy for the entire summer just so i could learn it you know what i mean and then i actually went ahead applied and i got the sub under I mean, the position so i'm subcontracting home depot doing the doors and that was actually pretty cool you know what i mean i loved it It had some independence and stuff but um, again, I still wanted to get into the flipping game. So I found out that my brother's best friend, he lived in the Southwest. You know, he had a uh, construction company He was working for, they were doing a lot of work for a New York investor. And, you know, y'all know New York investors always come down to Philly often because it's more affordable. They can, mm-hmm. you put know, their wealth, they're, I mean, they, you know, their money there pretty well. So what this guy was doing, he was taking warehouses in the Temple University area. Uh, not temple the temple uh, hospital area, yeah uh, and convert them into to student housing, you know what I mean? so we were doing all the work. so I started I got down with the team, I started doing that. We were doing all the work, you know what I mean? but I was like, wait a minute, I need to get on the other side of this deal because we're doing the labor, you know, but this guy's making all the money. so um right, so real quick,
0: I, I want to ask you a couple questions based on that, right? so the first thing is you said when you went away to college, you already knew you wanted to be in business and you majored in business. Why did you always know that the business was the thing that you wanted to do?
2: It was just you know I just always loved the idea of being a businessman. You know I always wanted to come, have a suit, travel on an airplane to this destination, that destination. Have it just looked good, you know. Yeah,
0: it's sound fly. I get. You. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. So the second thing is you've paid your dues, right? So um, you didn't just jump into the side. Like so, right now. You know, as we see behind you, you're into hard money, you're an investor, but you actually paid your dues, um, you know, going through the whole tract of, of working with Home Depot, learning carpentry um, and all that. So, you know, salute to you for actually putting the work in and figuring things out, because what you said what was interesting is you got to a point where you were sitting around with your same friends, not knowing where to go. But what you did was take action to start doing work and figuring it out. You figured it out. So I think that's admirable. Um, but the question I the question I want to get to is this: that 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 journey, uh, a part of time where you started to take carpentry, right? So learning a, a skilled trade um, kind of changed your life. Um, yeah. So so what is your thoughts about like you know um, kids getting into the trades? Like let's just say that you know they're not they don't want to go to college. Like do you think that you know more of our kids should get into the trades? Absolutely, no
2: doubt about it. For, for, first and foremost, like people. They don't they don't put respect on these trades like they used to. You know what I mean? It's like these days. I mean, you can make the same amount of money having a trade as you can being a professional. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? This is a professional, but for the audience, I'm talking about being a doctor, a lawyer, things like that. You know You don't have to go to school for 12 years or an additional six years or whatever after your college degree, you know, to actually, you know, make the amount of money that you're looking to make. Now, if that's your passion and you want to pursue, you know, um, one of those professions, then there's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? But if money is your motivation, that's not necessarily the, the path that you have to take. You know, you can go get, you can actually start, you know, before you get out of high school you know with the trade if you know somebody that's actually doing something whether they're a contractor um like a a general contractor like doing carpentry plumbing electric hvac whatever you know Prior to you getting out of school, you need to get with them either work on after work after school or on weekends and learn prior to you getting out of school. But you know, if you're already out of school, you're looking for something to do. I think the trade is like the lowest hanging fruit, it's the easiest to get involved in, the less expensive, and you can get started making money the fastest. So, right. I'm you know, I'm, I'm definitely for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, so, so, so now you're, um, you know, you're, you're working with Home Depot, but you. <laughs> Interesting. Another thing, interesting thing you said is, I got to find out how to get on the other side of that because you guys are doing all the work, but he's making the big money. So yeah. so what was your next step in that journey?
2: Um, Well, I just put it out there, honestly, because I knew money was a big issue, you know, so I just put it out there. Everybody knew I was looking to get into real estate, looking to get into real estate. And they know I was, you know, they knew I started doing the carpentry and this and that. So they just knew, you know, I just put it out there into the world. And then, you know, uh, suddenly the market crashed, you know. Now, at the time, I, I'm not really in the mix enough. nothing. I don't know what's going on, but the market crashed, and somebody came to me, and they said, I know a guy that has two properties for sale for $10,000. So, I'm like, that's a no-brainer to me, you know what I mean? I'm in the game, finally. That's what's in my head. So, I gave him the money. He gave me the deeds, you know what I mean? And, um, again, I, I think I'm in the game. So, I fixed one property up. Um, now, this is – I still own it to this day. It's at 40 years. And notice, I got one at Fort friends ride but this is at uh, Belmont Parkside on Viola Street. First property I've ever owned, still owned to this day, being rented. But what happened was I fixed it up, um, and this was during the recession. Now, the Great Recession, I fixed it up, and it was under contract in two weeks. You know what I mean? Now, you know, nothing was really moving then. You know, But this was under contract in two weeks, and they asked me for the HUD-1, a copy of the HUD. Again, I'm new, you know what I mean? I'm like, the hell are you talking about? You know what I mean? So they, uh, they asked me how I got the property. I told them and they immediately referred me to a lawyer, you know, um, so I get to this lawyer and he asked, you know, I tell him how I acquired the property. He tell me, you know, from the, from the gate, it was a scam. You know what I mean? He told me this guy, you know, he he got you or whatever. So he asked, he asked me who the guy was this and that. So I told him, <laughs> coincidentally, he knew the guy, you know, he was doing pro bono work, pro bono work in a family court for the, uh, representing the guy's kids or whatever. And you know, he told me the guy was a straight con artist, asked me if I to pursue him in this oh, and this
0: and I thought that was about to be a good story. Like, oh, no, he's good. No, he told you he's a con artist.
2: Kind kind of. now, now, mind you, I ain't even included. so I got those two, but I got so excited, I kept going back to the guy. So by this time, you know, I, I got about at least five problems after <laughs> Uh, properties, you know the first year so damn, I, i'm sorry
1: i shouldn't be laughing This hard this is
2: crazy. No, it's, it's part of your story though right it's all part of your story i made it through so i can laugh at it now you know what i mean yeah that no, um, wasn't funny at the time so i put so i put the money into the property i put it under contract all right i told you I told you that part it was under contract um so all right so i told the attorney what happened and um, he wanted me to pursue the guy. Well, he asked me if I wanted to pursue him, but I'm like, he's a kind of, what am I really going to get? You know, I'd be just be waiting, paying you money and I wouldn't get nothing back. So I'd say, let's just forget about it. So the way to resolve everything, we have to do a quiet title process. Now, you know, y'all might know, but for the audience, if y'all, y'all not familiar, a quiet title process is when you have to find the rightful owner of that property. And the process, it, it what happens is you have to get a private investigator to try to find that person. And see if they still have any interest in the property you know if they want it then i would have been shit out of luck you know what I mean? lost mm-hmm. everything um but what he was doing was he was riding around the city and he would look for properties that he could tell had been vacant for a while <clears throat> so when he run the uh no when he would do the research he would then research the owner and then, made, she, and that he saw that they were deceased, he knew nobody would be coming. Most likely, they wouldn't be coming back for the property. So, he did so, his
0: own version. He did his own version yeah. before we got to you.
2: Yeah, you know, what I mean, he know what he was supposed to do. You know, what I mean, so um, so for the first one, uh she was dead, right? So, but dead. If they're dead, then you need to find their heirs or somebody related to them. So, the first property we uh, so with the property that gets investigated, you have to do um, three email, not three email, three newspaper listings for three consecutive weeks and then you gotta do um you gotta do like certified mail to anybody you can find in the family and you gotta do three attempts. If they you know respond then they gotta come to court and whatever. But luckily nobody responded you know from those three attempts from the first one. So thank God you know I won that one because I had like a hundred grand tied up in it at the time after I repaired it. Yeah. Now remember it was two you know initially so that second one Um, this one i didn't really put any work in at the time but i did this one after the first quiet title um and so the the the, the owner again was deceased you know so what but she had two daughters and two daughters had moved to oakland but by the time they remembered the property it was in shambles you know what i mean so they didn't really they it was like you know give me three thousand dollars and you can have it so i hurried up cut the check and got them to sign off and then you know that was it but after that experience, you know, the risk of almost losing everything that's what you know made me go in and learn everything I could about real estate investing. I wouldn't got a mentor, you know, I had been on every webinar, I read every book and everything to you know gain the knowledge so I wouldn't you know be that vulnerable again.
0: Oh man, that's an interesting story. Your journey is uh very interesting. Um, when you, you that, when you started like doing your research and reading books, what would you say is your favorite book or a book that you learned from that helped
2: you along your journey? You know what? It's gonna sound like kind of cookie cutter because everybody say this book, but it really is what really started to shift my mindset. You know, rich that poor dad. You know, once I, mean, I, saw- I
0: knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah, but you know, it's 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 real though. Someone said that on our IG page the other day, like that book changed their life. Like it was funny. Someone said, "I don't like him," but I can't lie. His book changed my life. So obviously, you're not the only one to say that. But I mean, is is you can't deny that that has changed a lot of folks' lives.
2: Yeah, man, it helped me. You know, distinguish liabilities and assets, you know, and then from there, you know, it kind of like it gave me a little bit more clarity as to, you know, in direction, as to know that, you know, I only wanted to be associated with assets, whether it's people, you know, what I mean? or, or, you know, or, or, you know, things that help us to acquire generational wealth.
0: Yeah. So another thing about your story, which is interesting is that when the opportunity presented itself, you were ready because you were putting work in and, you know, um, stacking your paper and getting ready. So when the opportunity came, you know what I mean? Like, so everybody tries to have an overnight success, right? And there's no such thing. But when you're working towards something, and an opportunity comes and you're prepared and you can take action and that's what you did. Um, so that's a dope part of your story. So talk about this transition. Now you're in the game, you got investment properties. Um, you know, you start to buy more investment properties and eventually now, you know, your your business is hard money. It's one of yeah. your
2: businesses. Yeah. Um, What made you, A, want to get into hard money and how did that happen? So I told you after that experience, I went and got a mentor. So one of my mentor, um, he was I was inspired by his business. So he was a real estate investor that transitioned, and he you know probably still active, but he transitioned into an educator. So he was mentoring people, teaching them how to get him you know involved in real estate or to scale their existing real estate business. Um, but his model was crazy. Like so, all right, he, like I said, he was investing, then he was a coach and mentee. Then he was throwing live events and stuff like that, and he actually was giving them good good content. He's still going to this day, you know what I mean? So that's how you know he you know actually giving value. Um, and but then he was raising it. Then he was he was a hard money lender, so he called his he had this thing called the Circle of Wealth. So as a hard money lender, he was targeting retirees. You know, retirees when they get finished working, a lot of them still want to do something. They don't want to just be sitting around. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. But he figured out, he like, why don't I teach them how to invest? He like, so it was two things, you know, retirees, they have a bunch of money. You know what I mean? A lot of them don't know what the hell to do with it outside of his bank, you know, bank accounts and stuff like that. So he like, I'm going to teach these people how to become private lenders and then also teach them how to invest in real estate so they can have something to do with their time. They're making money off real estate investing and they're also making money as private lenders. But then, you know, like I told you, he's still training people like me, you know, in real estate. Um, and the, when you're in the real estate, you need finance. So mm-hmm. the people that he's teaching need the financing from these retirees. And then he's educating everybody. So we call it the circle of wealth because everybody's benefiting from, you know, I mean, this model. And honestly, I got inspired by that because I'm like, I don't know any black guys doing this, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I was like, if I could take this to our, our world. I could be the man, like you know what I mean? So that's just what I set out and you know, aspired to do.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So, Corey, you have some questions, bro?
1: I do. I have a couple questions. So, how did your experiences when you first uh, left college and all of that help you in the real estate world?
2: I don't think it did, honestly. Um, The only way it did is because I probably wouldn't be in this industry. I wouldn't be here right now, you know, talking to y'all if I would have continued along that path. I don't know where I would be. You know what I mean? I I, I might not own any real estate or anything, you know, so that's the big determining factor. I think that, you know, by me getting kicked out, it forced me to think of, you know, another way that, you know, I could still thrive in life.
1: And so uh, what made you take the, the the route of going into the trades before getting into real estate instead of jumping in feet first, like most people?
2: You know, I actually I did. So I did take my life, my real estate license. Uh, I took the, uh, the class. I passed the class, but they took so long to send my transcripts that I forgot a lot of the information when, when it came time to take the test. And so I just never did it. You know what I mean? I decided to go to the construction. So you just
1: had some some weird like some yeah. experiences that like ricocheted you into other things.
0: But you know, that's why that's how you know everything in life, man. It's all about energy. Everything happens, yeah, it is. You, man. Cause like all yeah. these things led you to where you are now building what you're building. And if not for these little small things that happened to you, you know. So that, that's 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 kind of dope though. But go ahead, Corey, I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, no, no. so uh, those things ricocheted you into into the hard money lending. So when you said your mentor also um, had this thing called the circle of wealth, so was did he uh, you like help you get into the the hard money game, or did you decide to do it you know from his teachings and then turn it into something you know different on your on your side?
2: So I was inspired by his model, but you know, he wasn't really teaching people at the time how to get into the hard money game or, you know, whatever. I was just inspired by it for a while, but then he suddenly he came up with like a course. It was like a weekend course where he teach people how to become, you know, hard money brokers and stuff. So I flew I paid it, you know, flew out to Vegas and did it and everything. And um Again, I thought I was in the game, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, I got this mentor, you know, if I don't know anybody else, I know I can submit deals to this guy. So, and I know he was actively doing deals. So I was, you know, confident in that fact. Um, So what happened was I got, you know, I went went to the seminar or whatever, completed it, and uh, I'm ready to go. You know, I came back hype. And, you know, as far as I know, I'm in the game. So I started generating leads. And um, no lie, you know, it was about – so because I learned um, about hard money from this guy and I knew this guy, I liked him and trusted him. That's why I was sending all my business to, and, you know, uh, no exaggeration, we submitted about 50 loans to this guy and not one of them closed. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of his terms were horrible, you know, the terms were horrible or the process was just so, so, you know, messed up that, you know, I just couldn't, you know, people get frustrated and they would just, you know, leave and go to somebody else. So I'm like, if I have to depend on this guy, then I'm going to be out of business. You know what I mean? So, like, I got to figure something out. So, you know, I started to be resourceful and, you know, try to, put again, put it out there, um, you know, doing my due diligence and everything and started finding other institutions that I could partner with to provide capital for my leads. And slowly but surely, that first year, it was rough. I didn't close my first loan until the 12th month. Yeah, I started then in January. I didn't close my first deal until, I you not know, on the first deal until December. know but um and that was in 2013 no 2014 then 2015 is when i started to get some traction and really you know um get some momentum in in the hard money world
0: now let me ask you this question for the folks that don't understand what hard money is or how hard money works can you explain just briefly uh what's hard money
2: absolutely so hard money is basically an alternative to traditional financing so we're you know we're different than the banks or Residential mortgage lenders, in the and and the, the, the fact that we exclusively lend to real estate investors. Um, if you're, you know, trying to move into a primary residence or anything like that, I'm not the guy, you know. But any any investment property that you're seeking to get a loan for, whether it's for purchase, cash out refi, rate and term refi, whatever, you know, I'm the guy. You know, we do one to four units, we do five plus units, um, mixed use for fix and flip rental new construction you name it
0: okay now do you have limits um either like the the, the the smallest you'll take or the biggest you'll take like what are your limits if you have any
2: yep so we have a the, the smallest loan amount is 75k that don't mean that the purchase price can't be low it can't be below 75 thousand the total loan amount you know so you can buy a house at ten thousand if you could be lucky enough to find it you know what I mean but loan the rehab is sufficient enough to make the minimum loan amount 75 thousand. We good to go. Um, yeah. as far as a maximum, we go up to 10 million.
0: Okay. All right. righty. We go 75k to 10 million. And yeah. um to everybody lot watching and listening, if you find a house for 10k, just make sure the guy's not a scam artist because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we going we're gonna learn from uh from from Rod's uh you know story. We're gonna yeah. learn from
2: Rod's story. The main thing is like, I didn't know it was a handshake deal. I didn't know about title companies and all that stuff. So make sure you owe any real estate transaction. Make sure you have a third party, that title company involved. They're going to make sure everything is on up and up for you. I didn't know about that at the time.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. You had to end up paying the attorney and you got everything fixed. That was your, that was your tuition. Everybody yeah, pays That
2: was your tuition into
1: up. the game.
0: Yeah. You pay your tuition into the game basically. Um, yeah. So along this journey, right, from where you started, you know what I mean, Richard Allen, to where you are now, where you, um, you know, you have your own, you have your own deals, your own buildings, and now you're a hard money lender. What would you say has been the biggest hurdle that you
2: had to overcome to get you from where you started to where you are now? Mm, that's a great question, Jimmy. So like, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate. Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of people will be able to relate. So my biggest journey. So with the part that I left out, I was. Dad in the streets a lot of that time, you know what I mean? So I took out playing the both both sides of the fence, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my life. So uh even when I was in college, you know what I mean, even before college, all that stuff, up until you know, probably mid twenties, you know. I've been you know, um playing the you know, scale on the fence, whatever you want, whatever the term is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Feeding both both worlds, you. Yeah.
2: So what my so my biggest um hurdle was the transition, you know what I mean? The transition from Streets to business, you know, and I always been, you know, not to present myself and stuff like that, but you don't know what you don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean, I didn't, and, and a lot of times it's the mindset, you know, it's really the mindset that's the biggest hurdle because we had a lot of us are unrealistic, you know, we think it's gonna happen overnight. We think, you know, that when you get into business, everybody is on the up and up because it's not the streets, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I was a little naive coming into business, I got burnt in business. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking everybody is here trying to do good business. Just because we're not, you know, in the streets and stuff like that. Um, just like, you know, um, to, to build up, you know, building up the resilience and everything from the failures and all that stuff. It's just the mindset, you know, adjusting adjusting myself to have the proper mindset was the biggest hurdle I would say.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. You know, me and Corey talk about this all the time, man. A dude, a dude will yeah. rob you more with a, with a pen than he will a gun. You no know, paperwork
1: gangsters is the illest gangsters in the world. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. but they do it right.
2: There's nothing you can do about it. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you know, it's funny because Corey and I do a lot of work in the community where we talk to people that are trying to make that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we do something, I will actually, I, you know, I, I know you move now, but if you're back in the city, let us know because uh, I would love to have you come talk to some of the youth that we talk to um, who are trying to make that transition, right? out of the street
1: you. and into the business world For, from,
0: someone, yeah, sure. from someone from someone who's made that transition though mm-hmm. um what advice would you give to someone who is either you know one foot in the streets one foot out or someone who's in the streets but they really don't want to be there like what, what advice would you give them
2: um as someone who's made that transition i would say try to identify somebody who they don't necessarily even have had to make that transition. If you can find somebody to manage that transition, then you can latch on to them, then that's, that's great. You know what I mean? Because they can prevent you, they can help you, prevent you You know, from taking a lot of the wrong turns, you know, and your learning curve can be much shorter because you have somebody to learn from like i didn't have anybody to learn from so i was navigating blindly you know what i mean but i knew the direction i wanted to go but i didn't know the right route you know so i what i did I, after i would come in at night i was on youtube you know for mm-hmm. hours you know what i mean for for years nobody knew that stuff you know what i mean but i yeah. was doing research you know but so i would definitely say you know start with doing research you know um uh, research and, hmm First thing you know what I mean is, yeah, to start doing research on different things that you think you might be be interested in, you know, because that's one of the hardest things trying to figure out what you want to do. Because you have, you have, you know, peer pressure, you got social media, you got all types of influences out there, you know what I mean. And the Mm -hmm. difficult part is determining what you actually want to do. So you got to explore, you know, figure out what you want to do. Once you figure out what you want to do, I think that makes it a little bit the path a little more easier because then. You can identify what it takes for you to get you know where you're trying to go um but you're saying all that to say you know try to attach yourself to somebody um that has been through it before and they're where you're trying to go you know because they can steer you in the right direction and help you know your path to growth you know be that much faster yeah so
0: mentorship well first you got to make the decision that you do want to make the transition and then find mentorship is basically what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Well, listen, that's admirable, man. And congratulations on making that transition and, um, you know, figuring things out, you know, cause like, like you said, your journey, your journey wasn't the easy one, but it, it all led you to where you are now. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely man. Yeah, man. So, um, I just want to thank you, man, for, for sharing your story, but tell us this, though, what does the future uh, hold for you? Right. Like what are some of the things you're looking to do in the future,
2: um more of the same or you're looking to do other businesses like what's your what's the future hold for you so like you guys like i've been in this industry for a while you know i mean like i said i got bought my first property in 2008 you know 2009 the market crashed i've been active you know this entire time consistently um but i I haven't been like a a big social media presence you know that's why you guys never heard of me and stuff like that i was kind of anti you know again coming from that I get it. Guy, you know what I mean I so I, I had to be forced to do this though. I
0: had to I had the Cord quarter come on the show you want to do the show with me I'm like come on man like so I I understand I understand where you're coming from
2: yeah so like for me I mean like just doing this is a lot for me because I'm I'm, I'm behind the scenes type of guy I really don't even like cameras and stuff but more than anything you know I felt as though I was being a bit selfish you know what I mean because again I, I have all this knowledge and stuff but you know I need to do something with it, you know what I mean? If you're going going to do anything, if you owe anything, you know what I mean, you deserve to give people, you know what I mean, the information that you've learned to help you change your life, you know? So I felt that I was obligated to get out of my shell and forget about anything else that was in my head, whether it was a fear of, you know what I mean, public speaking, whatever, little cool stuff, anything. All that was obsolete, you know what I mean? The most important agenda is making sure that, you know, I help people, you know, the same way I would have liked to be helped, you know, um, when I went through my journey. So um, I had to face my fears to cameras and all that stuff. And, you know, putting this information out there because one thing about hard money world, you know, um, especially as like, being direct hard money lenders, it's not many black people, y'all. You know what I mean? Like I've been mm-hmm. in this business shit since 2013, it's 2022, like eight, nine years. And I can count on one hand, you know what I mean? Literally how many black people I met in this business that are in my position, you know what I mean? So like the, the issue is, I guess it's about design, you know what I mean? But the issue is there's no school, there's no training to teach you how to become a, a hard money lender. So you gotta know somebody, you know, thankfully yeah. I, I I connected with this guy. Now he, I mean, that was just, again, that was just a coincidence because He's a white guy, he's a Mormon from like uh, Utah. I would have never crossed paths with this you know I
1: mean? Yeah. You would but you caught, you you crossed, came across him during your studies.
0: And then but, you, but that but that's why but that's why it's all about being prepared when opportunity comes, right? And you took action again. So you gotta give yourself some credit for taking action, right? And something else you said, that's the reason why you sharing your story is so important because we don't see people that look like us that are doing the kind of work that you do. So it's important for you to tell your story. And the secret is this. The more people you help, it actually will help you in business. The more you give, the more you receive. That's the secret. The more you share your story, it's going to come back to you in some form or fashion. And, you know, I know that to be fact. So that's why we definitely wanted to have you on to tell your story, because, again, there aren't too many people that look like us that are doing the work that you do. And it's important to tell your story so the folks can see that people that look like us are doing this kind of work, man. So um, I just want to salute you for the work you're doing, say congratulations, and um, just ask you to continue, like, past this. It's not about us. I just wanted to, like, you know, let you share your story, but share it beyond this. As as many platforms you get, your own platform, just
2: continue to share your story because you're going to inspire others. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate you guys having me, you know, for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, one other thing I wanted to add, too, you know, one one interesting thing. that I have going on. So I'm saying all that to say I started hard money university, you know, to teach okay. people how to break into the hard money industry, you know? Um, so that's one thing I have going on, but then I, so I just acquired uh, 34 acres of uh, land in North Carolina. Um, yeah. So what happened with that? It was, it was family land. You know, uh, my grandfather bought it back in 1911, um, started out with 500 acres, him and his cousin, but you know, slowly but surely, they got swindled. You know what I mean, and um, got forced out of a lot of land through eminent domain in North Carolina. There's a company called Duke Energy, and they, you know, took a lot of like, took a lot of land that's bordering the current land that we own. What they own, well, my grandfather owned, and um, so it was a, it was a creek, and they widened the creek, and then they turned all the property they took into lakefront homes. And you know that I mean? They all oh. gone for half a million multi-millions and stuff now and then you got my family on everything in inside of that you know and then they trying to act like it's not valuable my family's getting old and they haven't they weren't doing anything since my grandma grandpa died in 1986. so my father always told me never sell the land never sell the land never sell the land you know so i was supposed to get his cut obviously you know um as heir, but Somehow, you know, what I mean, they all getting old. They say, Let's sell, you know, half of it. So they they tried to sell 34 acres, you know, to a white guy at that, you know what I mean? Um, but I caught wind of it, right? I caught wind mm-hmm. of it, and they knew I was interested. So I caught wind of it, and they like, Oh, it's too late, it's under contract now, you know, this and that. I'm like, Well, why didn't y'all even offer it to family in the first place? He's like, you know, how you gonna preach to me to never sell, but you go ahead and sell, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but it just so happened. You know again it's heir property so my, my, my father had like 10 siblings um one of his brothers died so they had to find um his sons to sign off on his interest uh but they can't find one of them you know thank god you know because um then they had to do a quiet title process in order to sell that but in North Carolina, I found out it's a statute that says, after the quiet title process is done, you got a 10 day window for anybody. Y'all could have came down there and put in a bid for this property, you know what I mean? Put up yeah. bid. So I went down there, I did that. And then um, the agent, it was a dual agent. So he was representing, you know, my family and the, the, the other and and the, yeah,
0: so Your buyer right yeah.
2: Yeah, so he reached out to me, he like, oh man, we were blindsided by this offer, I'm like, no they you were blindsided but they weren't because i told them exactly what i was going to do you know what i mean yeah but my family and then um so he wanted to know my motivation i'm like well it's my family's land my father told me not to sell it ever like you know what i mean so i want to keep it in the family and i knew he was a dual agent so i'm talking big to the guy i'm like listen i'm here <laughs> i'm going whatever I, I ain't going nowhere it's just i mean it really means something to me but obviously yeah. you, know, you, you can't you know you gotta go as, only as high as the value you know what i mean yeah Allows so but did all that and luckily the guy you know he i don't know if it was what i was saying or what but i think it was because he you can't fight somebody for family land like and that's his yeah. bad problem, you know what i mean so he kind of backed off and i was able to win that property so you know um, man
0: congratulations on that yeah man Corey right. and i both got stories of like family that, that should be in our name but some of the same some of the same things you talked about we've we've uh dealt with that person yeah Personally. so I, I, I totally understand that and that's a huge piece of land and for the folks who don't know every acre is approximately forty three thousand five hundred and sixty square feet so you have so do the math 34 times that <laughs> that's a that's a huge piece of land yeah, so is. congratulations man i can't wait to see uh you know what you do if anything because like when you buy acres like that you can just like literally land bank and sit on it um and a lot of people that's do cool. it yeah yeah, a lot of people do that. They just sit on the land, like because over time it becomes more valuable. So but congratulations on um making that deal go through. And tell us a little bit more about Hard Money University. Um, how do people get information about that?
2: And um, you know, what can they expect if they you know go to look up hard money university? So hard money university again it's an online platform, online education platform where I teach people how to get involved with the hard money industry. So it's the level that you know, who you are, the level that you get involved is up to you so it's three typically like three tiers you know so you have people that want to get involved but they don't necessarily want to handle the manage the paperwork and communicate with borrowers and stuff like that so we call them strategic partners so we'll teach people like this is for people that are basically aligned within the real estate industry so they might be a real estate agent or a residential mortgage broker somebody that's already we have the same target demographic you know what i mean they just want to create an additional stream of income without doing any additional work so they can just become like a a, a affiliate or a strategic partner you know they just simply pass on everything and then you know they get compensated at uh, for each loan that closes but then you know you got people that want to be more hands-on so um i did a poll amongst like real estate agents and they said the most frustrating part is being in the dark doing real doing transactions and stuff you know what i mean so there's value in it for real estate agents to become a hard money broker at least because then they're the source they're they're right next to the source they have that connection so they don't have to depend on another broker being in in between them and them getting a lack of communication or such and so forth so um you know so it can be for people who are don't have any experience and just want to get involved Maybe you tried real estate uh, investing and it didn't go the way you planned or, you know, you didn't, you know, it um, just figured out it wasn't for you, but you still want to be involved in some way. You know, this is another option for you, whereas though it doesn't cost a ton of, you know, money to get involved. That's another thing that, uh, you know, people think that you have to be a millionaire to be involved with hard money. You know, you don't, you're don't, you not necessarily lending your money, so that's not the case. So, you know, I'm debunking a bunch of myths and bringing more, like, clarity and information you know as far as the hard money industry because a lot of people don't know about it. and people know about hard money but they don't know the back end of it you don't yeah. understand it. you know even people that use it don't really understand it so you know what i mean i'm just being bringing, bringing all this information to the forefront so people can be more educated and then if you feel as though this is something that can add value to your life your business or whatever you know you have the option to then be either a strategic partner learn how to be a hard money broker or learn how to become a hard money, a direct hard money. Lender.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, so we're going to put the links to uh, your social media as well as anything else within the description box so people could take a look at everything that you got going on. But, Rod, right, again, I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, you know, sharing your story. Your story. Choice, yeah, you hey. got an amazing story, man, and continue to do so, man. Corey, you got the last words we got here, bro?
1: Yeah, that, that was amazing uh, that, you know, you the, the path you took is amazing. So, you know, if anybody takes anything out of this, just make sure that you, you know, take the fact that, you know, Rod took all of the, he took all the paths. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you did all of the stuff. You know what I mean? I went from being in the street to, to doing this. I went from being in college and not completing it. To, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no straight line. But journey. Still, the journey. The journey is still... You still got to where you was going. So it's an amazing story, and I'm, I'm glad you gave it to our, our audience, and I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, man. Thank you thank so much, much, man. Yeah, and we're going to, um, like I said, for everybody watching or listening, make sure you check out everything Rod's got going on. We're going to put his Instagram page as well as his uh, other links within the description box. Go check him out. Um, and, you know, give him a follow and then see what he's got going on. If you're interested in Heart Money University, make sure you reach out to Rod and get that done. But Rod, just got to say thank you, good brother. We appreciate you. Likewise.
2: I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. And this, like what y'all was saying about the community work. I mean, like I grew up, like I said, I grew up in North Florida. I used to go to the Salvation Army on Broad and Brown. You know what I mean? I used to love when people used to come talk to us and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So anytime I get to pay it forward and do that, count me in. You know, my mom still living in Philly. My whole family's still there. So I come like every other week. So anything you got going on, you can count me in, y'all. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I also... Yeah, and we will let you know that. And also, we have something coming up. Um, it's April second. Um, so it's 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 eight Saturdays. Um, it's a financial literacy series. Uh, that that's going down. Um, at City Athletics right in Nice Town, it starts on April second. And you know, we're a part of that. We're going to talk a little bit about crypto as well as stocks. Um, and it's right in the community. It's for high school students. So, anybody looking for information about that, please make sure to reach out to us. It's right here in Philadelphia. Um, it's at City Athletics in Nicetown. So that's going. That's coming up. We got our free bodyhood ownership camp coming up later on this summer. Yeah, um, man. We may really get
1: out here and grind. Yeah, up. <laughs> yeah,
0: and we're putting together another um program as well. Uh shots of my brother Kerry. We're putting together the program as well for um, you know, um for the youth. Um coming you know, back, for, coming yeah, the back home, man. Yeah. So we're putting a lot of stuff together in the community. Um, so be on the lookout for that for those listening or watching. But again, um, this is about Rod and his stories. Want to say thanks to Rod, check Rod out. Um, And as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We appreciate you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace, y'all.